A quick update before we jump into this episode. Osa and I, after considerable reflection and conversation, have decided to put this podcast on hold and we'll revisit it at the beginning of the new year to determine what the next step should be. We are incredibly grateful for all of your support and ongoing encouraging feedback. You've helped us grow tremendously through this. We hope that you have benefited from it as well. Osa and I have decided that we really need to spend our time serving the wonderful racially and religiously diverse arts community that we've helped build here in Washington, D.C. They need us, and we encourage you, certainly if you live in the DMV, to check out thesanctuaries.org. Again, that's thesanctuaries.org. And even if you live somewhere else, maybe across the country or across the world, um, go on our website, thesanctuaries.org, and you can sign up for our mailing list to get all of the latest art that our uh, artists are creating. There's a lot of exciting things happening at the sanctuaries in Washington, D.C., and so we need to be there, and we need to help make it happen. Osa, have you got some words to open up this last episode, or I should say this episode that will be the last, at least for a while? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you beautiful people out there. Thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of Solidarity. Now, this episode is inspired by a conversation I had with my daughter. We were on the phone the other day, and she told me she got a haircut. And that was interesting because she had been growing these beautiful locks for about three years, and uh, it wasn't my decision, it wasn't her mother's decision, nor was it really even her own decision. But another family member decided that it was about time for those locks to go. Now, my daughter was more or less undisturbed by this, and she was very you know, calm and collected as she was telling me this, and so therefore... It didn't bother me at all. However, I knew that her mother was going to be livid. I understood because hair is very important to black women. And though it may not be all that important to my daughter today, it will be one day. And so I used this opportunity to instill in her uh, the fact that she would be beautiful with long and locked hair or short and kinky hair regardless. And I made it a point to tell her that. But the fact that I felt like I needed to tell her this made me wonder, what is beauty? Solidarity is more than just name. It's the radical idea that every story holds profound spiritual truths about the world we share. In each episode, we invite diverse and creative guests to reflect on the most important questions of our lives. So whether you're listening on your morning commute, your lunch break, or late at night, whether you're religious, spiritual, or just passionate about living a good life, we're glad to have you with us in solidarity. So we got a chance to sit down with my man Nemo, who is a hip-hop artist as well as a community activist. We asked him about beauty, and he told us about a time where he was able to find beauty in a place that others may have not. So we were working on a musical called Oneness. And November 
22nd of 2011, we had a show at the town hall in a city called Ahmedabad in India. And in the middle of the show, and it's a, it's a very elaborate show, almost a thousand people audience, um, and my responsibilities are pretty kind of fine-tuned in making sure the show goes well. Um, and I, as this whole thing is unfolding, I get these missed calls from Vishal's father, one of my kids, who's in the show. And I kind of let it slide. I'm like, okay, it's all good. I think he's just calling because he wants to, you know, either figure out where the venue is or he's trying to get in. We let the show keeps going on. And, and within a few more minutes and half an hour, hour, there's more missed calls from him. But I had to stay focused on the show, and by the time the show is over, which is around midnight, I look at the phone and there's 15 missed calls from Vishal's father. I'm like, what? That's weird. And so I'm like, okay, it's all good. You know, I'll call him tomorrow morning now. And this is a show that we've been working on for about two and a half years, connected to the Mahatma Gandhi's ashram and a nonprofit called Manav Sadhana that I've been volunteering at, where we're working with 16 children from the local slum communities to put on a show that shares the message of oneness. And so the next morning, I wake up and I call Vishal's father and all these parents are like my parents. So I say, yeah, dad, I got your missed calls. Well, you know, what's, what's going on? You got so many missed calls and I don't think you made it to the show yesterday. He said, yeah, I was calling you yesterday because our homes got demolished at the Shankar Bhuvan slum. Without any notice, they came in with bulldozers, kicked us all out and demolish the homes and I was I was struck my heart sank I, I couldn't believe what he was telling me um, but I, I guess the first initial reaction was okay we'll be well I'll be there very soon and so quickly go to the grocery store pick up as much groceries as possible pick up my kids from the ashram where they're staying um, at our nonprofit Manav Sadhana and right away we go to the slums Shankarbu and slum community and it's, you know, what they were doing was demolishing all the homes that were within 50 um, yards of the riverbed. And it was utter chaos. And this was one day after the demolish, but utter chaos. All stone, rubble, plastic, and metal sheets, bricks, um, all on the ground. There's nothing, it's all flat. It's like, a, it's one of those Mohawk haircuts. Like half the slum community is live and thriving, and the other half that was within the boundary is all gone. And we were just trying to find where our parents were. Finally, after phone calls and locating, we found where Vishal's mom and dad were and we locate them. And the most unexpected thing happens. They're waiting for us with smiles. In the midst of the darkest space ever that they've probably ever been in in their life, with their life kind of just swiped from underneath them. They're waiting with smiles. They hug us and they ask me, you know, Nimesh, sir, what do you want to drink? Chai, coffee, or cold drink? Because the other half of the slum community is still awake and there's these little stalls and they can still get that. And I was just, I was just taken back. They kind of like imprinted in my heart another possibility and another way of like seeing the world that in the most darkest space in your life, you can still offer love and you can still offer and you can serve when you don't think you can. And they did it so effortlessly. And to me, that was the definition of beauty that I found, like a lotus flower. They really just shined out of the murk and the darkness 
and just offer love. And you realize that, you know, when you have that type of spirit, you know, the world always conspires. And, and the government had their own plans and they eventually actually relocated all of these um, families from this slum community into actually new, you know, one-bedroom apartments. I was struck by the way that Nemo approached beauty not in the aesthetic sense of something that one sees or hears, but rather beauty as something that's lived. We talk about living beautifully. What does that mean? So I asked Nemo to expand upon what beauty means to him. In Hindi, in our native tongue, it says, Kali we come with empty hands and we soon leave with empty hands. You know, so the question that arises in my heart is like, well then how do we want to dance? in between those two micro moments. And I don't know, the world has been conspiring to keep teaching me a lesson. I feel like the way you dance is by just doing small things, small acts of love. The things that maybe after we're kids, we're conditioned to think are not important. Petting a dog on the side of the street, smiling to somebody while you're walking down the street in New York City you know, hugging a tree. Because ultimately it's not these small acts that are going to change the world, but it's the spirit that you embody when you actually carry out these small acts, the spirit that you have to be in order to actually practice these small acts, that, that is contagious, that allows for a spiritual revolution from the inside out. And so, to me, there's no more powerful tool to shed beauty and light onto this world than all of us, all 8 billion, 7 billion, whatever, human species with the ability to understand that, to say, let's just do small acts of love with the people around us and the beings around us and Mother Nature. You know, there's this um, song that my friend and I wrote called Beautiful and it's on this Empty Hands album. And uh, one of the lines I'll just share with you, it's, um, it says, beauty could be all the models all across the pages, but really that's just looks that comes and goes with aging. Real beauty is the beauty of love and patience, embracing your kids instead of trying to change them. Our second guest, Faye, is an international speaker and entrepreneur who founded Project Beautify You, a nonprofit organization whose mission is devoted to empowering female leaders aged 12 to 18 in developing increased levels of self esteem, confidence, and purpose. Faye was also recently selected as a My Black is Beautiful national ambassador. We were so glad to get a chance to speak with her, and we asked her to tell us a story about how beauty plays into her work and her own personal life. 
On Monday, July 14, 2014, I asked a group of girls in my summer program to gather around and that they would be given a challenge. The challenge of the day was to see themselves in the mirror and let the group know what it was that they saw in themselves. Unfortunately, not one girl in the room saw anything beautiful about herself. Every girl in the room was crying. I had girls who felt like they would never amount to anything. Girls who had been dealing with so much and they just felt like this is how they would be for the rest of their lives. Girls who'd be made fun of and had been told that they've been ugly all their life, so they just believed it. I even had mentors who were a part of the program who felt like they, were be they weren't beautiful either. And unfortunately, it was a reflection of what the kids would become if they did not learn to see their beauty from within. We got a chance to ask Faye about her quest for inner beauty and some of the challenges that she may have faced along the way. We also asked her to reflect upon her spiritual beliefs and how they affect her conquering those challenges. Here's what she had to say. Seeing a room full of women, well, seeing a room full of girls who were crying and in tears and didn't understand their worth or understand that they were beautiful hurt me. I actually left with a heavy heart. Um, I think it's so imperative that girls actually understand that they are beautiful. And beauty is not something that is only external, but something that's more importantly internalized. Um, for me, growing up, I didn't necessarily see my beauty. And it wasn't until I realized that God created me in his image and that he said that you were made in my image. So that's important. When you understand that, then you then you can tap into your actual talents and your skills and everything it is that you've been created for. But until we see that and stop looking at social media and looking at TV and looking at magazines and their definition of what it means to be beautiful, we will never measure up to society's definition of beauty or what we consider beautiful based on society's definition. And how I put my beauty into action every single day, I compliment people. Random people on the street, I let them know that they're, pre they're pretty. I let them know that they're beautiful. I tell them that their outfit looks nice. I wear a bracelet every single day that says, I am beautiful. I make sure that you know my girls understand that they're beautiful. I make sure that every single day I do something that Something that helps me realize that I am beautiful. And for anybody who ever feels like they're not pretty or feels like they're not beautiful, I always tell them to go with this affirmation. I am beautiful. I was born beautiful. I will die beautiful. I was created beautiful. Osa, you have any closing thoughts for us? The guest made me think about beauty as perhaps a dichotomy. Nemo spoke of finding beauty without, uh, without borders, without money, without physical things, still being able to see beauty. And Faye spoke about beauty within, uh, within oneself, within one's mind, within one's experiences and i think the beauty of beauty is that dichotomy and each of our individual quests to find both that beauty within as well as the beauty without and perhaps they work hand in hand with each other uh, some people say that you can't see the beauty in others until you first see the beauty in oneself which brings up the question for me of course how do we define beauty? Or more accurately, I guess, who gets to define beauty? Faye spoke to this 
when she was reflecting on all the messages that she and her girls received from the media about who's beautiful and who's not. And it makes me think that if we really are to live beautiful lives, that is to say, if we are to live a life of beauty according to potentially a different rubric than those we're constantly inundated with, we're going to not only have to think our way there, but actually practice our way there. We may have to change some of our habits, what we choose to buy, how we choose to look, and how we choose to act. That maybe beauty isn't simply a concept we have, but it's a set of practices, a set of investments that we make on a daily basis that end up reinforcing certain images and ideas we have about what constitutes the beautiful. So I guess my question to all of us in closing then is not only how will you think of beauty, but how will you act to reclaim and recreate beauty? Solidarity is created by The Sanctuary, a diverse arts community with soul, located in Washington, D.C. If you live in our nation's capital or if you're traveling to the area, come join us and meet some of the people behind the voices you hear. You can find all of our upcoming events as well as information about getting involved in our community on our website at thesanctuaries.org.